What's up, friends? Let's uh, Leroy Jenkins this shit. This is Bass Life Podcast Episode 20. In this episode, our buddy Tim fills in for Brian, and we chat with Marcel Gazer, the Lauterbrunnen representative of the Swiss Bass Association. The jumping season is pretty much upon us, so the point of this podcast is to help jumpers understand some of the recent changes to the SBA and rules affecting the valley. I know most jumpers cringe when they hear the word rules, but the SBA actually has removed a few and modified a few others. So whether you've been coming to the Valley for years or this is your first season, I'm glad you're listening to this because uh, this one is pretty informative and it hits pretty close to home. You know, we, uh, we got so deep into the jumping conversation that I didn't get a chance to do something I normally do. And that's talk about one of my favorite moments with the guest. So I'll just do that really quickly right now. It was uh, spring of 2014, and we were in the valley, and I had literally just met Marcel when he found out it was my birthday. Um, He immediately asked if he could drop me from his paraglider. Now, like nobody had ever offered to do anything like that for me, and I had never really considered jumping from a paraglider before, to be honest. So naturally, I said yes. Um, It was such a fun experience uh, that... I, I mean, it really left an impression on me um, that he would do that for a borderline stranger. So, um, yeah, you can only do your first paraglider jump once. Um, you know, and since then, we've done quite a few jumps together and hung out um, in the packing area below High Ultimate. Um, but that paraglider drop will always sort of, you know, that'll be one of my favorite moments with Marcel. So anyways... Um, Many, many thanks to Marcel, the SBA, and the locals in Lauterbrunnen uh, that work together to keep the jumping legal in that area. I genuinely hope you enjoy this podcast and that you get something out of it. Uh, please, please hit us up if you like something about this podcast or you think there's something we can prove. Um, yeah, we want to hear from you. So that being said, enjoy the show. Three, two, one. See ya. You're listening to Bass Life Podcast with your host, Randy and Tim. Welcome to another episode of the Bass Life Podcast. We are recording from the Horner Packing Room in Lauterbrunn in Switzerland again. On this episode, I've got Marcel Gazer of the Swiss Bass Association, and filling in for Brian, we have Tim Siebenek. Yeah, I'm super jealous of where Brian is right now. Right? Brian is off at Baffin, freezing his nuts off, uh, along with Aaron and a bunch of our a bunch of our friends. Hopefully, they're having a blast. I'm sure they are. And uh, we will we'll do our best to have fun without them, and looking forward to hearing the stories when they get back. Me too. He looks like a good replacement to Brian to me. Right? <laughs> My hair is not as beautiful as Brian's though. Yeah. No. Can't yeah, be, and, and can't Tim be never. Tim totally offered to be on the show, and I was because I, I, I always feel weird. I'm never sure if people say yes because they're being polite, or if they're saying yes because they actually want to be on it. So you know, it's one of those like. Either that or I said yes when I had too many beers. Right. No, you actually were like, "Yo, I'll tag along." And I was like, "Yes, please. That's awesome." Like I that takes the pressure off me to like wonder and do like the weird dance of like, Ooh, do you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, it's no worries. 
Yeah, so what's going on, guys? Welcome. Thank you very much. So nice to be here. Yeah, it's such a beautiful day outside. We're in this dark room talking sometimes, about jumping. Well, <laughs> sometimes you have to do things, right? Right. Yeah, and so the, the purpose of this podcast or the central focus that we'll eventually get to is to talk about base jumping in Switzerland and specifically some considerations for people coming to the valley. Uh, because there are some rules and a lot of them, if you don't understand the background of why things are the way they are, it's really easy to blow them off. But then it's it's also to, easy to have a ripple effect um, after that action takes place. So the point of this podcast is to just sort of inform people um, about how to have fun here, you know, and, and how to how to stay safe. Cool. So. Marcel, tell us tell us a little bit about your background. Like, where where are you from? How what, what sports are you into? That kind of stuff. Well, yeah, um, it's not a very straight line. Um, I was born in Switzerland, not here in the valley. I was born close to the German border in a place called Eschlikon. That's close cool. to the Lake of Constance. My my dad used to work as a pilot, airline pilot for Swissair. So I think there is something in my genes, like, yeah. Maybe predisposed yeah, to uh, sky sports. I think sports. so, yeah. But I never wanted to become a, a pilot, actually. It was my brother who invited me to a one-day practice session for paragliding when I was 28. And I got hooked up immediately. That first time I got lifted up in the air, I was I was just amazed. and that's And that's what I wanted to do. So I became a paragliding pilot then. Awesome. And so through paragliding, how did you find you know, skydiving and base jumping? Well, when I started paragliding, I just came back from a four years time in Istanbul. So I, I studied Oriental languages, Arabic and Turkish and history. And I came back from Istanbul after four years on, and I had a job for uh, the Swiss government. For the, I was working for the Swiss foreign ministry as a translator. And I started paragliding. So I was living in Bern, in the capital. And it was fun in the beginning, but then... And the salary was really good too. But I felt that sitting in an office all day long. I was watching out the window and, and I just thought about paragliding all the time. And I started to watch YouTube videos. <laughs> at work. <laughs> yeah, at work, yeah. yeah. And Never done that. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it as if it was yesterday. I, I saw a guy jumping off a cliff. Uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was, I was extremely fascinated by base jumping. Yeah, and you just happened to live a couple hours away from one of the meccas of base jumping. Which I didn't know. Yeah. You know, I I never came to Lauterbrunn Valley before. It was, um, I actually, I started skydiving and then I wanted to start speed flying and I asked my skydive instructor, do you know anyone speed flying? Because I really want to get into the sport and he points the finger to two guys and says, go and talk to them. Because they live in the valley of Lauterbrunnen and they do lots of speed flying pretty much every day. So I go to them and I say, hey guys, are you the, the speed flying brothers? And he looks at me and he says, well, I'm his dad, but yeah, we're the speed flyers. Is this uh, Kevin? Exactly, and, yeah, exactly. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a very nice friendship started right there at the drop zone in Reichenbach at Skydive Switzerland. 
and then after speed flying came well i started skydiving just because of bass basically and and then um last i started bass jumping nice yeah that's awesome yeah it's it's funny how uh how friendships develop that quickly um over just uh being interested in something and then it then it just takes off and now this is what you do full time yeah but also randy it's a good point because what i really like about our sport is you get to know people very fast mm -hmm. because you know when you meet people in daily life you can in daily life you can hide you know you don't know really what the character the personality is of someone right but when you go jumping or when you go paragliding and you have sketchy conditions then you know who's a good friend and who's not right and you get put in situations where integrity really matters you know and uh and you kind of get to see what what you know in high stress situations you see how people react and uh you kind of get to see true colors um but with jumpers you know I, you know we we all choose to to be a part of this community and and whatnot so yeah it's pretty much a family and a family environment and everybody's very much accepting of each other and treating each other well with each other at the same time. So, and there's a lot of respect yeah. because we have a lot of shared experiences and shared friends and a shared life. Yeah. Yeah. And if, it, and the, the jerks and the losers generally get weeded out pretty quickly, you know? Yeah. It's, <clears throat> I think base, especially it's an interesting, I, well, let's call it sport or whatever lifestyle uh -huh. or whatever, but I never met in a sport, I never met so many different people. Yeah, people with all sorts of, 100%. I mean, you have totally crazy nut people and you have the most professional sportsmen. Mm -hmm. You have all of them. You have bank managers. You have artists. You have everything. Yeah, doctors, lawyers, and then full-on hippies like that live in their van and yeah. and just yeah. travel. Like the, the entire spectrum of people. But. And especially when you walk up to exit points, mm -hmm. you guys know what I mean. Talking, yeah, you know, make a new friend. It's not just about jumping; it's about the whole process, the whole way. Sometimes walking up to exit points, I have the most amazing conversations to people. And when you leave, you just know a person much, much better than before. Yeah, and I think living here, or for you, is particularly like living here in Lauterbrunn, and you're exposed to so many people because they come. You know, the, this place brings so many people to, for the jumping, you know, you get to meet so many people that, uh, I mean, I have a hard time keeping it straight sometimes and I'm just here on the weekends, but, um, yeah, it's a great, great crossroads for, for meeting new people. So do we want to get into it we want to start talking, uh, uh, Swiss base association considerations, wow. things, yeah. stuff and things. Yeah. It's my new baby. Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. So I was really excited when I found out that you were you were going to be the head of the SBA for for this region, but before I go any further on that, tell us about a little bit about the SBA and uh, w the purpose of, of that organization. Well, the <clears throat> the Swiss Base Association um, was founded by two guys, Moritz and Michi, quite a long time ago. Actually, I think we found out it's almost twenty years. No kidding. If I'm not wrong, I'm really bad with numbers, but. It already exists for quite some time. And actually the purpose is to make the valley a safe place to keep the farmers happy, you know. It, it is an amazing place. I'm in love with that place. I work here. I spend my free time. I spend it here. I have friends here. It, for me, it's a magical place, you know. It gives me energy. It gives me power. 
I love coming here, even if I'm not working. Um, but it's small. It's a small place. It's small um, playgrounds. We have paragliders. We have speed flies. We have base jumpers. We have helicopters flying here. We have a drop zone. The helicopter drops people for skydiving. So it's very important to have a few rules so everybody keep everybody stays happy. Yeah. So with regard to so jumping here in the valley, uh, the SBA requests that you buy a landing card. So let's just start there with the landing card. The landing cards are very important because um, it's it's not a lot of money. It costs twenty five francs. Um, twenty francs goes to the farmers. There are different farmers owning land here in the valley. That's land where we land on. <laughs> so we do damage to the land, to the property. Um, if the farmers get mad, if they think that base jumping is a burden to them, if they think base jumping does harm to them, they can make us stop jumping. You know, they have a or lot of power. not allow us to land on their exactly. property. Exactly. And their yeah. property is their livelihood. Um, yeah. They are farmers, and everything that is on that land is what they put food on their table with, how they pay for their children's school, how they pay for everything. So that is their life and blood. Yeah. yeah. Let's not forget that the Valley of Lauterbrunnen is not a rich place, right? Right. So, it's an expensive place sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you go back like 200 years ago, here there was nothing here. It was tourism bringing a bit of money here into the yeah. valley. But it's not the most touristic place in Switzerland, you know. You have more people going up to Jungfrau Jacht than to Schilton. But anyways, the, um, it's very important that we keep good relationships to the farmers. Um, that's probably the most important part of the Swiss Base Association. Yeah. And so that and that money goes to assisting the farmers, compensating them for the grass that we're landing on exactly. is, is kind of exactly, is exactly. going back. Basically, they cannot use the, the land, the property in a normal way. So mm-hmm. they, they just cut the grass for us to, to have a good landing field. And but they can't really use the field, you know. And how does a jumper know which field to land in? The, the rule is that you can that you should land on the field with a windsock. And I brought some good news today as well. So we have, we're going to plant new windsocks, new poles. Nice. Cool. Yeah, we, I let them make in Interlaken in a very good place that are going to be stable unless some stupid guy flies into it. It's going to be stable. It's going to be <laughs> nice. Yeah. New windsocks. We have, luckily we have, um, we we get help from other people too. There is a a nice uh, paragliding school here in the valley. It's called Born to Fly. A little advertisement here. Born to Fly. We can add a link. <laughs> Check out the show notes. <laughs> yeah. So Tony Wies, the owner, a friend of mine, he gave us some windsocks too. So yeah, you should land on a field with a pole and a windsock. Um, please do not. There is also a pole and a windsock on on the paragliding landing field next to the Shilton cable car mm-hmm. station. Down in Steckelberg. Down in Steckelberg. Yep. Please do not use that one. The tenant pilots, they get mad a little bit. 
Yeah, and and that's a pretty obvious one. You can see paragliders over there. So it, yeah. it, if you're, it's the first time you're here in the valleys, find someone that's been to that exit, and they'll help you get to the exit. Yeah, ask the questions. Okay, where's the landing zone? Uh, where's this windsock? And then the other questions that people jump here frequently can help you with. Um, that mm-hmm. way, we can keep it a safe environment. Yeah, you guys help like clear some of the trails, and then like do some improvements to the exit points and yeah, th- windsocks, obviously. So. I would like to mention. I would like to say two things. Um, first, um, yeah, five francs of this twenty-five francs, they stay within the Swiss Space Association. This money, we're not being paid, so we're spending our free time to make the valley run smoothly. So, the five francs we collected money, and over all these years, we don't have much money, but we, we need money for graphic work posters we we made new posters for the season with all the rules Mm -hmm. um to maintain the home page the paths to the exit to exchange the ropes Um, we make new exit plates um this might be interesting for people listening to this podcast every exit point in the valley will get a new board because the other ones are super old so we need we we have a very good graphic designer here arno weber He's helping us doing the graphic work, and that's what we use the the money for. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. So we so we got the the landing card out of the way. If you're hearing this, buy the damn landing card. Yes, buy the landing card. <laughs> yeah. The so. other yeah. The other thing I would like to say is that when people say yeah, but you know it's too expensive, twenty five francs. Guys, you go to the Horner Pub, you spend so much more right. in one evening. Yeah. I mean, a pitcher of beer is 15 francs. Yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, it's about respect, you know? Right. I can understand when I go paragliding to a different country, for example, right? So I book a vacation for two weeks. I'm super excited to go there. I want to fly as much as possible, you know? So I come to a place and there is a sign saying, you can't fly between nine and two, you know? It's forbidden to fly. I'm only going to stay two weeks, so why should I follow this rule, you know? I'm going to leave that place anyway. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's the problem. We stay here. We live here. And, we spend so much deal time with here. It. So we don't yeah. shit in our own nest, right? Right. But if people come from different places, I understand. They want to go wild. They want to jump, you know? They want to do 10 jumps a day, maybe. Yeah. So for us, for the Swiss Space Association... It's difficult sometimes to talk to people who just come for a vacation uh-huh. because they don't sometimes they don't respect the rules so much. It, it is a small community too. So if you're the yeah. one that's getting called out on it, there's so many people that are going to know that that's you that did this and you stepped against the rules and not whether you got away with doing it um yeah. someone else knows then maybe you're missing an exit or not uh, getting invited to something or yeah yeah there's yeah. effects down the road yeah you know it's it's an interesting topic because i think a lot about this how to address people my personality yeah. i want to address people in a nice way you know in a nice way and we would like also to do funny videos about rules in the valley and I think it's better than just text, 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 you know? So, right. so I hope we're going to do some nice uh, stuff this, this season. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say that the Swiss Space Association is back. It's alive, nice. you know? <laughs> and we have very good motivated people. And we're trying our best to make everybody happy. Okay, yeah. But sometimes, you know, 
we had a guy, he, now the rule is on, so you cannot jump um, high ultimate, low ultimate between 9 and 2. And we added Perkley and Flower Box also, because it's just very difficult to see what's underneath there. And the paragliding season starts now, and the tandems, they're flying very close to the wall, back and forth. The worst thing would be if a base jumper goes into a tandem, paragliding mm -hmm. tandem. Imagine I fly with a small kid. Sometimes you fly kids, right? Mm -hmm. Six, seven years old. A base jumper doesn't check airspace or doesn't obey the rule. He jumps and he goes into me. It's quite unlikely, but let's say it happens, mm -hmm. worst case. He, he's going to die. I'm going to die. The kid's going to die. The media will go crazy. The community of Lauterbrunnen, like in the case of Chamonix, they will have to to make base jumping stop in the valley. Yeah, at least yeah, for some time, right? Yeah. No. So Until, we yeah. had we had a guy. He jumped uh, low ultimate and high ultimate when the ramp was still up. He jumped it all day long. So I had four friends going to him, talk to him. And he would just not listen, you know. He said, "Ah, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm checking airspace carefully. If there is no paraglider, I'm gonna jump." Well, yeah, if you check airspace carefully, you could possibly jump all day long. But there is, there is this one rule, you know. Right. And a rule, if it's one time broken, it stays broken for the whole time. Yeah, you touched on it briefly, and I, I kind of want to expound on it. But uh, so paragliders and base jumpers in the valley now. There is at times some tension between the paragliders and the base jumpers because jump, jumpers will be like, well, I saw a paraglider flying too close to the wall after two o'clock. It's like, yeah, that kind of, that happens occasionally and jumpers jump when they're not supposed to. Got it. But why I was excited to hear that you were going to be leading the SBA in this region is the fact that you're a paraglider and a base jumper. So a very experienced paraglider and base jumper. So you have the respect of both communities and understand what's going on and, and uh, can, can communicate in, in a way that many of us can't who do one activity or the other. The good thing is that I know both sides, right? Right. Um, my goal will be to make everybody happy. So I'm going to talk to all the paragliders. I'm going to talk to all base jumpers. The... Um, the most important is that we don't have a friction here. I don't want to have fights between paragliders and base jumpers because it's the same thing. We all love air sports. You know, we love flying. No matter if you fly a paraglider or if you fly your body, we all love flying, you know. When a paraglider flies at the wall, I I'm going to talk to him because I'm almost every day I'm here. You know, I see when people do wrong. Yeah. And I don't... I don't care if it's a base jumper or a paraglider. I go and talk to the people. And I would like to address everyone to go and talk in a nice way. So make people understand why we have those rules. Yeah. Okay, so shifting gears a little bit, let's talk about Riga. Oh, wow. Riga is the most amazing thing. It's, it's, it makes me love Switzerland. You know, <laughs> there are many things I don't like about Switzerland. But Riga, it's amazing. Rega is a helicopter service. It does rescues. It does. It brings you back to your country if you have a bad accident somewhere. If, but if you're Swiss. If you're yeah. Swiss, yeah. So I, I can only recommend to everyone coming to the valley, coming to Switzerland for base jumping, 
Become a member of Rega. It doesn't cost you much. It's, uh, I think, 40 francs a year. Yeah, it's 35, 40 francs. Yeah. So there is only one um, one difference. So if, if you're Swiss, if you live in Switzerland, if you pay your taxes here, you're covered for all the rescues and transportation and medical care for accidents happening in Switzerland or outside Switzerland. So yeah. it, it can be that you that you have a very... If you break a leg in Vietnam, and if it's a very severe thing, the doctors will talk to the doctors in Vietnam, the Swiss doctors, and if they think it's it's it, it has to be done, they will come with a private chat and pick you up in Vietnam. Yeah. That's awesome. And and for those of us visiting Switzerland or that are not residents, uh, Riga will come pluck you off the mountain if uh, you get caught in some bad weather. They will uh, scrape you off the ground if you know you have a bad landing. Um, and I've had this. I've had some friends um, who, that fortunately they had Riga. But if you get a helicopter rescue, you're looking at thousands of dollars in expenses. And if you don't have insurance um, or you don't have the right insurance, that's coming out of your pocket. And so by joining Riga, and it's it's basically like a donation. I think is how they look at it, or it's like a. Um, uh, I'm going to forget the right word, but yeah, it's like an yeah. insurance premium that you're yeah. paying. For. Yeah. And so and, they, and they live from this money. Um, mostly. Yeah. So the, the Riga has 2.5 million people paying yeah. those uh, 35 francs a year. And as we speak, they're doing training, not as you're going to hear this, but as the, as we speak, they're doing training down in Steckelberg, um, on helicopter rescues. Yeah. So these guys are, these guys are pros and they, they have one of the longest, yeah. They have the record for the longest, yeah. uh, what was that? Is long line rescue. Long line 360 rescue. 360 meters. Yeah. Happening a, last year. Pulled yeah. a guy off of a yeah. uh, uh, high ultimate, like yeah. the ledge right below. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's not hope it, but if you ever have to use it, it's well spent money. Right. And um, if something, I recommend that you download the application for your smartphone. Riga. It's a very simple, easy application to use. Um, they get your GPS data if you didn't lock it. Mm -hmm. So when something happens, just use the application, talk to them. And even if, it's, if something happens in the valley, we have air glaciers here. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they would come and pick you out of the tree, but go through Riga. Call Riga first. So that was going to be my next uh, topic was uh, air glacier. So Give us, tell us a little bit about Air Glacier and how what we need to do with them in order to to uh, you know, jump here in the valley. Air Glaciers are amazing people. Um, it's a helicopter company. They do lots of transportation because some people live in very remote places. They bring up food to restaurants, you know, on mountains. They pick up um, ill cows if they have to go to the vets, you know. Um, and also they do rescues, obviously. Um, some scenic flights maybe from w once in a while, but they have a helicopter station here. Um, and it's very nice people because it's uh, in Switzerland there is a law, it's an airspace regulation, that in a radius of 2.5 kilometers around the helicopter station, you're not allowed to fly into And that radius, it's like a cylinder. It goes up 600 meters from the bottom, from the center of the helicopter station. So that would basically cover the entire valley if without... Most of it, yeah. most of it, yeah. 
air glaciers, if they wanted to, they could make us stop jumping Yellow Ocean, Lamus, High Lamus, all the nose exits, Dumpster. So basically the primary yeah. valley exits. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. like all, all the... <laughs> you could probably yeah. still jump uh, Via, Via Ferrati, you could jump right. the, the Ultimates. But you're not going straight to Via, you no. know, when you first no, no, when you first no. start doing terminal tracking no. or, or terminal base. Yeah. Like, yeah, so you need the yellows, the Lamus, you yeah. know, the, the noses to... To, to refine your skills to be able to you know, yeah. jump in steckle. So so what do you got to do in order to um, play nice in that regard? As I said, we are very fortunate that air glaciers is not against us. Mm -hmm. They're not against base jumping. They they have problems. Every year we have incidents that people don't call, mm -hmm. that they enter the, the airspace. And, and unfortunately, we had already two incidents this year. It was two jumpers from whatever country, it doesn't matter. They jumped uh, Yellow Ocean and Lamuse on two days, and they didn't call. And it's quite a coincidence, but the helicopter was two times close. Well, they have been close to the helicopter two times. That means they were standing at the exit, hearing a helicopter, jumping without calling, and the pilot, he he was, yeah, you can imagine. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no one likes surprises in that, in that, no, no. like that. Uh, so before, so on the primary Lauterbrunnen exits, um, there, there's a placard, and you guys are putting new ones up, and it has it has Air Glacier's number on it. Yeah. And so before you jump, you just call Air Glacier and ask permission, yeah. make sure the airspace is clear. You know, we have to give them something back because they allow us to jump in in this radius of mm -hmm. these two point five kilometers. So they just put up a simple rule. On on those exits, like Yellow Ocean, Lamus, all the nose exits, Dumpster, High Lamus, you have to call them before you jump. And very important is also that you don't call them while preparing 10 minutes before you jump. It doesn't make sense. You have to call them, and then you jump within two minutes. If you don't jump within two minutes, call again. Yeah, and a lot of times they'll tell you, uh, we've got a helicopter inbound, please call back in five minutes. Just wait and call back in five yeah, and they not always can communicate with some of the helicopters. So if it's actually doing a sightseeing or a rescue, and it's in one of the other valleys that are that's down down the valley towards Seckelberg, they might not even be able to communicate with them. So uh, it's just a little bit of patience. Usually, it's five to ten minutes if there yeah. is something. There yeah. isn't. It isn't a really big deal. Yeah, and as a responsible jumper, I feel like you should be aware of your surroundings and you should be listening for yourself because i and and you know air glacier there we're all humans we're not perfect i've been given the green light to jump and then look down and saw a helicopter and it's like well i'm clearly i'm not going to jump right now i'm going to going to wait and then i i waited for the helicopter to do his thing and go away and then i called yeah. back and was like hey so um saw a helicopter and i waited is our is it good now you know so um and so it, it, that that's probably, a, I mean, when you jump here enough, weird things like that are going to happen. But yeah. um, Sometimes yeah. people say, um, those two guys, those two incidents I was talking about, the guys said, yeah, you know, it's too expensive for us to call. And I was like, well, you know, it, it gets really expensive when you mess up. Yeah. Yeah. Helicopter is a million dollar yeah. aircraft. Also, air glaciers would have the right. They never made use of it as far as I know, but they could give fines to people, you know, violating their airspace, and fines could go up to 10,000 francs and more. 
You know, it's not just a minor thing to do, not call. It's not an option. You have to call. Yeah. Otherwise, please do not come to the valley for jumping. There are more places, other places where you don't have to call. Right. So let's see. What else? We we hit the landing card. We hit Riga. We've touched on Air Glacier. Um, so and that that was a really good point that there there's more to base in Switzerland than just the valley. Like I feel like to a degree, the valley is kind of like Los Angeles is to the United States. It doesn't represent the all of Switzerland, but it gets a lot of attention. So that's we're we're spending a lot of time talking about the valley specifically. Yeah. Um, but what are some considerations for some of those jumps that are outside the valley? Maybe just a word to that. I think the valley was was the main place for base jumping ten years ago. That was before my time, but Dukes could tell he could write books about that right? oh yeah yeah we, we covered that a little yeah. bit with, i mean that was the here. place to come but now we have different suits you know we base jumping is such a such an amazing thing such an amazing sport the progression is huge right i mean in i only do tracking so i started in a normal two-piece tracking suit and what i have now it's just you know you're jumping one of those one one piece yeah, machines yeah, one huh? piece machines yeah, yeah. and that offers you more options in Switzerland. And the wingsuits, which got much better as well, you can... Um, there is probably less traffic now in the valley than before because more and more people go and explore whole Switzerland and they don't just come to the valley and do all the base jumping here. You can go to Wallenstadt. You can um, go to many, many places here in Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah, and the so the equipment is actually opening up options that we didn't have in the past because just because the performance of the suits are getting better. And I feel like in, in some regard, the suits are outgrowing the Valley to where it's actually not as safe to jump here in with certain suits because you don't have as much altitude and you don't have as much, uh, you know, time to fly. Whereas you can go to some that are outside the Valley and, and do more, you know, do more flying. I, I agree. I agree. It's um, I know people they don't come to the valley anymore. You know, we have close by. We have a wingsuit jump called Busalp. That's a fun one. Yeah, yeah. I never. I, I cannot jump it. Maybe if the track suits get bigger, maybe <laughs> one day. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's an easy ride up, right? You can even take the bus and yeah, then walk you, twenty minutes. Yeah, you, you take the bus uh, drive drive to the bus station and then you can take the bus up and then it's like a 20 minute walk yeah, uphill. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice. Uh, and it, I mean, uh, I guess in the, the standard for what a short start is, is changing, but, um, that's also a consideration. I, I mean, I remember via, via fraud is what seven seconds to a uh, seven second rock drop. Uh, and that was like, okay, so you have to be f flying before seven seconds, you know? So yeah, that was like yeah. a, a big deal a while back. And now like, Guys are flying in three seconds. I mean, three second starts. And I, I hate to, I don't even like to throw that number out there because I'm afraid that would be someone's new standard. And I'm like, you work up to that standard. You know, you don't, you don't start by doing three second starts. You know, you do big, big exits with nice overhang until, you know, until you know you're dialed in, you know, like a true pro doesn't practice until he gets it right. A true pro like practices until he can't get it wrong, you know. So, so that's how I look at it, you know. And then, 
and but a lot of those exits outside the valley are shorter starts and so that's a that's a consideration you know but anyways yeah i don't know how we got a, a little little bit of a dovetail there but um definitely cause there's a lot of stuff to jump in switzerland i, I love the alps I wish the Alps were next to a beach, but <laughs> it's definitely a magical place. Right. Um, even just driving over the border, I've taken my wife's parents here and we cross the border from Germany into Switzerland. And literally they were napping the entire ride until they get into Switzerland and they're up looking around right. and this is the neatest place in the world. And we were just, we were just in Basel and yeah, it's just a magical, mm. mystical place and non-jumpers even know as soon as they get here that there's something amazing something special about, this place. about it. If I had to choose between mountains and ocean, mountains, yeah, mountains. Yeah. I can't beach up at the beach. So no, it's more, it's a... I, I enjoy, I enjoy the beach a lot, but let's be honest. I mean, it's more or less the same all the time. Don't yeah. you, don't you agree? I mean, the mountains, every single mountain looks different. Yeah. But the beaches are kind of similar. Yeah, I remember a few years ago, I picked up a buddy at the airport and uh, drove him. we drove directly here. And uh, along the way, like when, once we got into the Alps, he was like, oh, that's jumpable. Ooh, that's jumpable. Like just like like a little kid, like just going nuts. And I was like, bro, you haven't even, you haven't even, you haven't even seen where we're going yet. <laughs> like, oh, that's like, I wouldn't waste my time trying to figure <laughs> out how to get to that little cliff. Like, when you can take a, a train or a gondola, go for a, a 20 to 40 minute hike and bam, like you're there. So this place is super exactly. special. Yeah. Lauterbrunnen is maybe special because you have, you have really easy access to most exit points, right? There is not much walking involved. Um, the cable car is, is very cheap. You can buy a monthly pass. It doesn't cost you much. And for practicing, it's probably still one of the best places in the world. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and like, because I, I, I'll go session via Ferrata just to like dial my exits in, you know, and just over and over and over. Because if you reduce variables, you can see improvement. So if you try and pull at about the same altitude every time, you can measure performance by how far you are, like what you're over. And if you go from the same exit, you can figure out like how your starts are are going and, and whatnot so um yeah there, there's 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 definitely this is a great training ground for for things but and once you get certain things dialed in you can go to those other places where maybe the short starts are shorter and fly safer because you know certain things are already dialed in plus the good part about this is the training is a blast it's so much fun it's way way more fun than even doing a skydive or doing the pen pendulators or the other stuff you're having a great time while you're training while you're practicing while you're getting great yeah yeah so on that note so another you you touched on that again you're, you're just pinging all these little thoughts that i wanted to capture so i'm trying to keep it in this flow but um so passes like ways to uh do louder brunin so so it's switzerland anyone listening to this surprise things are a little bit more expensive here but there we're going to try and give you a couple of ways to minimize that and one way is through buying a monthly pass now with a monthly pass uh it's what 60 francs something i had i had 18 in my mind but i might be wrong maybe, maybe it's i just bought mine this morning at 70 francs 70 francs okay oh, just the middle and so now what they've done which is awesome is the pass covers both sides of the valley and your buses in in this area 
So by buying, even if you're like, well, I'm only going to be here for two weeks, uh, one trip up to say winter egg, uh, winter egg, uh, is how, how much is that? Like, uh, 11 francs. So, so you only need to do like seven jumps and that pass is paid for. Yeah. So if you're only going to be here for a few weeks, buy a one month pass and then maybe just give it to somebody when you're done with it. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I mean, that might not be, that's an unofficial recommendation. Um, that could upset people, but, um, whatever, what you do with your things is your thing. But, um, that's we'll all just you. put but, it out there. Neither me or Randy have done that because we come back every weekend. Right. right. And, and they know us. They, they, they look at that thing and like, your, your name is definitely not Joe. So, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. So one month pass, like seven jumps and it's paid for. Yeah. Um, another way is if you plan on coming here a lot or, um, if you're incorporating trains and some other modes of transportation is to buy the, um, I call it the Swiss pass. Is that, is that what it's officially called or the, the half tax? Um, <clears throat> the Swiss pass is a different thing. Okay. I think you're talking about the half price. Yeah. Tickets. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about this half price, the card that gets you all of your transportation for a half price. Um, I think it costs 180 francs yeah, a year. Yeah, it's less than 200 francs. I'm yeah. certain of that. But as I said, I'm bad with numbers. Once you have this pass, every ticket in Switzerland costs half. Um, maybe not every single cable car in Switzerland. because Some sometimes of them are private. Yeah. Exactly. Some private organizations we have there. But the public transportation in Switzerland is it's quite huge. So you can use it for even for some boats, you know. To yeah. 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 And so like if... Um, Makes sense when you travel a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so like one trip up to the top of the crack, uh, Wallenstadt, is I want to say like 40 or 40 or 50 francs just, just to go up and down, just to walk around, you know. Um, so if you decide to session session the crack... Uh, you can use your the half half price card um, and buy either a one day pass, two day pass. There, there, and all of the, all of those prices become half half price. If you take a couple of trains, bam, half price. Uh, so it, for me, it's actually not cost efficient to buy the one month pass anymore because I have the half price card. Um, but it, it doesn't take very long for that that card to have paid for itself. So that, that's another consideration, uh, for people coming to Switzerland is to get that half price card and you can, um, you can have it mailed to the train station and you can have it picked up at any train station. There's some coordination stuff for non-residents that they, they actually go out of their way to help us, uh, get those. And like, I've, I've used the Horner as a, uh, I don't, yeah, I think it's okay. I've used the Horner as a, like, a, a resident spot to have things, you know, mailed to. They're they're super supportive of chumpers here. I mean, they're they're letting us use the packing room as, as a recording <laughs> studio right now. So they're the closest thing we have to an official sponsor, to right? As well. <laughs> yeah, but um, we're surrounded by good people. Yeah. All right. So we've talked a little bit about saving money. We've talked a little bit about the rules. Let's talk about spending more money. Yeah. Um, okay. Third party insurance. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Take it away. <laughs> so, I, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, so what's third party insurance? If you base jump here, here and Damaged again, property. worst case, you go into into the cables. Let's say, yeah. 
you pull, you go into a cable, hopefully uh, not power lines. I've seen it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's I happened. Know, I, I know. It happened a couple of times. Um, yeah. I saw once a guy hanging like in a, in a hammock <laughs> wrapped around the power lines. No damage to him. The canopy was like a hammock. He was just, yeah, he was just there. But I also have a friend who really went into the power lines. Luckily, he survived. But if you do damage to property, then it can be very expensive. Yeah, yeah. So the the situation I saw a dude uh, pulled low, sniveled into the power lines from I, I forget which jump he was doing in Steckelberg. Um, power to the entire area went out for two or three hours. Uh, the gondola stopped running. Um, the restaurants refrigerators got warm. Uh, it was it was a mess. Like it was an expensive mistake. I think we're talking about um, the same guy. Yeah, yeah. and um, so there was even a guy. <laughs> he wanted to get money for his computer. A local guy, a Swiss guy. He had damage on his computer because of the power loss. Uh, and he wanted to <laughs> he like wanted him to pay in, for a new computer that might be a stretch but who knows who knows maybe Luckily, could damage a computer he had very good american insurance yeah. which covered for everything that's awesome see i didn't know the second half of the story because i i didn't i didn't see him after that day yeah uh, or maybe maybe we hung out a little bit but you know it takes sometimes it takes a while for yeah, insurance yeah. stuff to yeah. get sorted out um but that's that's good to know cuz there have been other situations where people didn't have the insurance whether it was for medical um, or whatnot. And then that region became responsible for paying that bill. And then that's that, that then that region's not going to want to su- support base jumpers exactly. because you just costed them money for just living there. Yeah. You know, nobody wants that. So I think we all know yeah. <laughs> what kind of guys. Yeah. Some, I remember a guy jumping in France and just leaving the country without paying bills. It's it's not good for the sport, I think. You know? Yeah, yeah, but all right. Sorry, sorry if I got preachy again, but you know, uh, it's one of those things. <laughs> a price, price. So I think it's yeah. eighty francs. You can get it mm-hmm. at the tourism office in Lauterbrunnen. Yep. Uh, you also covered for paragliding if somebody goes paragliding from time to time. So it's a third party insurance, uh, valid for a whole year, eighty francs. And it, yeah, and it covers you for skydiving and, and anything you do in Switzerland that's active like that. So um, it's a good thing to have. Uh, I want I want to link to that. Uh, we'll have links to all of this: the Air Glacier, Riga. I'll put Air, Air Glacier's phone number in the show notes. Um, also, sorry to interrupt. We, um, as we talk right here, pull, new pull-up courts are being shipped to Switzerland. It's Swiss Base Association pull-up courts. Very so cool. So by buying a landing card or whatever, you, you can get one of those pull-up courts. On the back side, there is the, the Air Glacier's phone number. So I don't want to hear anybody saying, yeah, I didn't know what to call or right. I didn't have the number. No. Yeah. So get one of those pull-up courts. So take a flyer. We also have new flyers with the phone number and everything. There are posters with the phone number. Call, please call. You know, and I actually have a story related to that. Um, So I normally don't jump by myself. And so I I wasn't living over here full time and I didn't have a European phone. And um, I was with a group and we were jumping at uh, in Italy at um, Paganella. Ah, Paganella. So we're jumping Paganella. And so you can't actually see the landing area from the exit. You have to fly over some terrain 
And um, so I was the last jumper to go. Um, and I was basically just laying in my suit. Like I, it was, I wasn't really flying at performance, but I had the wherewithal to recognize that I wasn't getting where I needed to be. And I, I bailed out on the jump, uh, turned right and flew, flew to safety. Basically just, I just flopped my way to safety. And then, uh, but I landed like two miles away from the designated landing area. So I, I was, I was pissed at myself for having a, a crappy flight. And then I was pissed at myself because I didn't have a phone, so I couldn't let my friends know that I was alive. So um, I knew for like the next hour they were going to be freaking out, and so I, I packed my stuff. I started walking toward the uh, church where the land, like the landing area is. Fun jump because you get to like you can actually fly around the steeple as you're landing you know, if the wind conditions are right. And uh, so um, so they were sitting there running through all these scenarios. Ah, uh, did he decide to walk away? Um, did he die? Did he land? Like, I don't think landing off even had crossed their, their mind. Um, sure enough, about an hour later, I come walking up, you know, and, uh, to see the look of relief on their face, you know, made me feel terrible because, well, a it felt kind of good. It was like, Oh, my friends love me. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, uh, Ben actually said I was the first friend from this scenario that he's been in that actually came back every other time he's been in that situation, it was a fatality. And, and that just, ugh. so have a way to communicate is what I'm getting at. You know, like just be, you know, it's, it, it don't, don't put your friends through that kind of trauma. You know, it's, it's not cool. I, I agree. So, yeah. But, it's a selfish sport anyways. Right? Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. It's an absolutely selfish sport, but not going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Tim, Tim and Laura, Laura, who's not on uh mic right now, like we've completely changed our lives to be closer to this valley and yeah. to jump. I yeah. mean, cause Tim and I are buddies from Hawaii. Um, we, we had been jumping there for, uh, we met in what? 2009 ish. Yeah. Right around Somewhere? nine. Yeah. And cause yeah. Yeah. And, and um, it is a very selfish sport. Uh, my wife's a non jumper. Um, she, plays a good game like she's a jumper and gets recognized as a jumper because she hangs around <laughs> she, with she's jumpers. a part of the family but <laughs> she has left hawaii changed her life for my selfish sport yeah but um but that's just how great this place is you know that because I, I i remember being back in hawaii and we in between jumps you know, tim and i were doing a little wingsuiting out there and um i was just like man this like i have to get back there like everything mm-hmm. at that point everything was about getting back here and getting back to europe and pretty fortunate to be in a situation where I've got that, that balance between a job that I can, I tolerate and a, and being able to jump and do wind tunnel and, you know, go to skydiving camps and yeah, it's, it's all coming together, you know, and meeting fantastic people here all the time. And Tim did the same thing, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, Europe, I was here in 2005 as a non jumper and it's amazing place. And knowing I was working here in the same condition or same same type of position, same way, same company that is working in Hawaii. And just the opportunity as I became a jumper, I was like, ah, I seen Randy and then Brian pulled this off. Right. I know how to get there. If we can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. But, uh, um, so, so back to the, the jumping things for a second. So the ramp is down, right? Yeah. So, 
So for anybody listening that was hoping to session the ramp this summer, it, it had sorry. it had to be taken away, <laughs> right. you know, because right. this guy refused to not jump between nine and two. Oh, is that what did it? That was actually the uh. reason. Yeah. Well, we had a date. We wanted to take the ramp ramp down anyways, but he made us take it down faster. Ah, uh. see, because I'm a, I'm big a lazy base to Renee, jumper. By the way. <laughs> we owe yes. to Renee. Renee is the ramp guy. Let's make it not too official, yeah. but it's too late, anyways. Um, we don't want to have any problems, you know, liability issues. So yeah, the ramp is not um, the ramp is not part of the SBA. That's important to say. The ramp is a private uh, private um, thing, mm-hmm. so it's it's owned privately. It's built up and taken away mm-hmm. privately. It uh, it's not part of the SBA. Yeah, and our, our good buddy Martin actually built the ramp years ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, we so. made some adjustments. Yeah, and yeah. It, it should be stable. Should be yeah. good. But let's not forget, it's still uh, dangerous. And, and the yeah, so so the intent of the ramp was for people that come here year round to have a safe place to jump and a place to to access uh, because. Hiking here in the snow when it's four feet high is not that much fun. Yeah, we wanted to have a good exit point for winter. Yeah, and yeah. I don't have a pair of gators that are four feet. My right. Body. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 and, and that's why I love the guys that are hungry and get up super early and go break the trail. It's like yeah, that's the best ones. I love but you guys. The ramp. <laughs> Thank you for that. The ramp, you know. Yeah, the ramp. It's 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 difficult. It's a very short hike to the ramp. Mm-hmm. It's it's, it's, that, the, tallest it's jump. the easiest accessible and highest jump in the valley. It attracts also people who should not jump. Right. So how how can you make these people understand to not take too much risk? How it's right. it's difficult because the ramp is there. You can just go there and jump it. But we had an incident again this year. The guy didn't die. Fortunately, but it was a close call. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, so there, there are a couple of considerations with the ramp. Because there's the, so the ramp actually helps with. There's a little bit of a belly that sticks out, maybe about ninety feet down, and uh, thirty meters for the Europeans. And uh, it, you have to clear it. It does stick out. It's positive. Uh, but then, uh, then there's a huge shelf down at the bottom that that you also have to out track or out fly. So. So there are considerations, and we had a, a wingsuiter end up on that shelf. That's how the the high the highest uh, line you high line. The, you mean the American guy who was underneath? Yeah, the, that was not the long line rescue. The that wasn't one. the long line. No, but it, it was. He was actually, up there I, for a I while. I wanted to mention it before because we were talking about money and how much it can cost to rescue right. someone. That was maybe the most expensive rescue. Yeah. Because he was underneath the over the positive part of the rock. Uh-huh. So th- there was no chance to take him with a helicopter. Right. Because of the blades. So and it happened I think in the afternoon. So people from air glaciers, professional guys, climbers, they had to climb down, but they didn't have fixed attachment points on the rock, so they had to do everything by themselves. They didn't have enough gear. So they had to fly with the helicopter to some other place, get more gear, more nails to put into the rock, to go down to the American guy. And and then they had to stay all night long with him because the helicopter couldn't fly anymore. Imagine how much it costs yeah. to have a mountain guide in the rock spending all night there. 
first with the first light in the morning, they somehow managed to repel him down until the helicopter could come and pick him up. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so the ramp, yeah, it's it's something you work up to. You know, you build your skills up to it. And then if you come at the right time of year, it's open. Because we can only jump it, uh, it can only be up for, what, four months out of the year? Officially three months. Three months. Uh, the, the law is that you cannot build fixed objects on rocks for long and keep them longer as three months. And, unless and it's a permanent structure. It's a permanent structure. And that structure. takes a bunch of... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Martin, you were men- mm-hmm. mentioning the guy who who was building. He's a mountain guide, and I think he stopped base jumping, but he was he was base jumping. He also built the Via Ferrata platform, and so we owe him a lot. And the ramp should not stay longer than three months, and and usually we we keep it longer for about four months. One time we even let it there for a longer time. But as soon as the paragliding season starts, we have too many people jumping the ramp because it's easy, it's high, it's it's a nice jump, yeah. it's an amazing jump. But even if you see, it's still you need people be responsible, being responsible, and watch the airspace carefully. As soon as we realize there is, you know, too many people are jumping it without taking really care of the airspace, then it's time to take it down. Yeah. And Martin, sorry. Martin actually wanted to build a massive platform, a solid one which stays for the whole year. And the community of Lauterbrunnen said yes to the project. The land is owned by the Shilton Cable Car. They would have said yes as well. But there are liability issues. So they asked for, for, a, for an official paper from a lawyer to assess the risk of getting into those liability issues. Mm -hmm. So let's say an American family stands there and watches how a guy goes in. Could they... It's possible, yeah. Could they, you know, could they go to courts and say, we have damage because we watched somebody die? Right. Yeah, because no one wants to go on their vacation and see someone splat, you know. Well, you know, it attracts people. Um, People want to watch base jumpers go off. When I see somebody doing the climbing trail via Ferrata... They always want to watch, yeah. right? But it's not going to happen. This official big platform at High Ultimate, it's not going to happen. That's uh, unfortunate. To a degree, I, I, part of me is like, ah, it's unfortunate, and part of me is like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that, you know? Because like, I don't, I generally don't like uh, spectators. Um, I've been to Bridge Day a few times. You, you deal with it, but day to day, like, I don't like non-jumpers distracting me from what I'm trying to do. And uh, we actually had a guy, uh, a tourist, climb down onto the ramp as Bam Bam was getting ready to jump. And Bam, and it was like the winds were like right at that, like, uh, not sure. Like, you know, it was like you actually had to make a decision. You know, you had to assess the conditions for your ability. It wasn't perfect. And he was sort of on that cusp. And then he looks behind him and realizes there's a guy with no ropes, no harness, no nothing with a camera, like getting closer to bam. And he was like, uh, GTFO, like I, I'm, I'm not jumping. And he, he messaged us cause we, we had already jumped. And then, uh, he, he decided to take the, the cable car down. Uh, cause that, but that was the, that was the final, you know, thing. It was like, ah, there's something he couldn't control, you know, another yeah. human on the ramp. So, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, you would you would need somebody being there, you know, like it would be like a manifest on drop zones, you know. Mm -hmm. Somebody would would have to stand there all day long checking people, checking airspace, giving giving thumbs yeah. up for jumping. You, you, we never know. Maybe in the future it's going to happen, but I don't see it coming in the next five years. Yeah. So what else? I could mention just a, a few more rules. Yes, please. <laughs> please, the rules. Tell us the rules. Uh, because Swiss Germans love <laughs> I know, the rules. I know you want to hear more rules, right? <laughs> no, it's actually, we made it easier. Uh, my goal was, as a local representative for uh, the Valley of Lauterbrunnen, my goal was to make the rules clear short precise and we took many things away do you remember the rule you sh you shall not track over the river yeah you should not pass the river in free fall you can you can you can guys go and track as far so as you want too bad i still can't track past the river now. <laughs> go go and track over no don't track over the helicopter place please but, but you <laughs> that's can, that was that's what that rule was what was stopping me from being a great tracker that, well you know now that rule, rule is lifted yes now you're a great tracker. maybe maybe <laughs> i still won't be able to pass maybe it. guys if i stay long enough in this position maybe i have to make a rule one day don't track over air glaciers rescue helicopter place because maybe one day you can you who know? knows with the way this who equipment knows, is changing so um yeah we took many things away um but we added as i mentioned before no more jumping from percoli flower box from 9 until 2 p.m the same rules as high ultimate yeah. just treat, treat so the, the same. only jump which is open on that side in stackleberg is via ferrata mm -hmm. why because you can see everything you see the whole wall but now with the tracking suits, more and more people track via Ferrata, right? I used to track via Ferrata in a two-piece suit, which was a bit sketchy sometimes, mm -hmm. technical. But now one-piece suits made it possible to track via Ferrata easily. So people sometimes enjoy to go to the right, to the waterfall, right? And the paragliders, tandems especially, they usually fly along the wall, go to the waterfall because people love the waterfalls. You make pictures there. And then you're hidden behind the corner, it's dangerous. The risk of collision is too high. So we had to say no tracking between 9 and 2 p.m., 9 a.m., 2 p.m., no tracking to the right to the waterfall, please. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, and if it's your first time in the valley and you have a one-piece tracksuit, please don't go straight to Via Ferrata. <laughs> but, it's, a, it's a good but, point. I, some yeah. people, you know, I, I is it too old school to say, guys, start tracking with a normal two-piece suit yeah i mean that's what i still use right that's i mean start tracking slick yeah buy a two-piece suit go to one-piece suits when you have some experience yeah um a I, I, we had a fatality in brento um some some guy um an austrian if that I'm was just rec recently recently yeah, yeah turned on his back when he wanted to pull um because i only track i can say there is quite a difference between uh, two-piece tracking suits and one-piece tracking suits. Um, the pull sequence is different. So I'm now in the Beast, the new tracking suit I have, I do a wingsuit pull on my tracking suit. Wow. So, so you reach around the yeah. fabric. And, yeah. yeah, because the fabric got so wide on the hips yeah. mm -hmm. that you cannot have your arms close to your body. So you actually have to go further back to your back and then pull and you have to be symmetrical obviously so i do a wingsuit pull yeah 
as do I with my new one, and I only got a few jumps on it. And having a two-piece is just as much fun, and it's so much of a blast. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't really outgrow a two-piece. It's and Tracking's hard. It's a, it's a discipline yeah. that deserves oh, yeah. a lot of attention and respect. And uh, I, I dedicate the winners to tracking because I don't want to slip off an edge yeah. in a wingsuit. And then, you know, I, you know. My, you were, I was talking about how I got into speed flying and how I met Kevin Foyts, right? So he's, I think, the only local base jumper we have here in the Valley. He was born here. He, was, he grew up here. And he does space jumping, and so he just won the lottery, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And when he started tracking, and we started tracking in the Tube Three from pressurized, amazing suit, but not so easy to fly. And he met uh, Rami, rest in peace, in yeah, the gondola. Love that guy. And um, he knew Rami was the tracking god, so he went to him and he said, "Hey, um, Rami, so I'm into tracking now. I'm into base jumping." please give me some tracking advice. It's so difficult. Rami looked at him and he said, do 500 tracking jumps, you will find out. <laughs> and, yeah. and he was like, what if I don't make it up to 500, you know? What if I die before? No, so, but <laughs> um, tracking, tracking is, it's just difficult. Yeah. You, I think when you wingsuit, sometimes you have better jumps and sometimes you have worse jumps right mm -hmm. but in tracking it can be that you have the most amazing jump and the next jump is just nothing yeah yeah i've definitely had that experience and with modern wingsuits like you can just lay in them and they're gonna go forward and so you think you're doing well when you're really not actually perform the suit's not doing it nearly its capability exactly there is such a thin line in tracking between angle and speed mm-hmm what I found out for myself, I don't know if everybody would agree. Um, I think it's all about speed and angle. It's um, You have to find the good angle and you have to fly fast. Yeah, not every suit requires the same angle. So it's like you, you have, it takes time to, yeah. to get into that. Because it does I love take time and each jump that you do, you can have minor, minor adjustments that you make to it and it can impact impact how far you're mm -hmm. flying and what the suit's actually doing. And just yeah. that slight piece of angle. Um, I'm not even a very good tracker. I'm enjoying it. Um, but I can tell from one jump to the next and slight angle adjustments that yeah. this is working. Oh, I'm too far this way. And it, it makes that, that challenge even more fun to be mm -hmm. able to find where, when you lock it in and 500 jumps might be a modest estimate to finally yeah, be able to dial it. Really yeah. 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 I, I watch, people track you know because i spend a lot of time on the landing field showing pictures to my customers and i love watching i enjoy watching people track more than i enjoy people watch doing yeah. wingsuits yeah seeing like a especially you know hanging out at lisa's house like i yeah. can i can watch the ramp all day long or whatever and you see it's you can't to watch. tell what suit they're in when they first exit and then when you see like a dude in a you know two piece tracksuit that just had a killer track, I'm so much more stoked yeah, for that guy yeah. than I am when I see like yeah, I a agree. one piece a one piece tracksuit. I'm like, well, one piece it's got a, it's almost cheating now. Like they're so good, but yeah, you know it's uh, that's <laughs> it made me not buy a one piece suit for a long time because I thought it's cheating, guys. You yeah. know, let's stick to, you know, but it's just I'm, another discipline. It's another know? discipline, and now we have the mono you know and we have we have 
tracking suits which are more wings suits than tracking suits but yeah. let's not get into that, that <laughs> that's a different thing but when i watch people track what i see most maybe it's a little advice for people out there who like to track what i see most is people being too flat absolutely what happens most of the time is people exit they go steep and then they freak out because they think oh i'm burning all the altitude then they flatten out a little bit they make good distance for one millisecond. Yeah, and they and keep then, going. And then they keep in, they stay in that body position and they just fall down like fridges. I tell you, that's me, 100%. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you, Randy, but I just want to say that's what I would like to advise the people. Even if you go a little bit steep in the exit, keep, keep the angle and just try to make small corrections on yeah. the body position. Because I realized... Even if you burn a lot of altitude in the beginning, you're going to track it out afterwards, you know? Yeah, yeah it's just got to hang on to it. And that's that's something I've become more aware of just through, through the tunnel time. Do you remember the video of Roberta Mancino falling down, slipping at, uh, at, at, at Wallenstadt? Yeah. And I think my personal view, if she didn't have so much free-flying experience, mm-hmm. I mean, Could of course she was outcome. lucky too, but... That's what I will. Yeah. Next winter, I want to go to the tunnel as well because I think if I mess up my exit, it's going to help a lot. Yeah, not just for that, but also. Yeah, and and being having that body awareness and being comfortable in weird positions, tunnel's great for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I see people they they come straight from the tunnel, they can have ten base jumps. Uh, they're doing amazing performance. Yeah, and if only we could make tunnel a little more affordable. <laughs> mm. But, um, all right. So what else? Sometimes people say, you know, I don't go skydiving anymore. I do base jumping. Right. Well, getting, getting into base jumping because skydiving is expensive is the wrong attitude for that one. It's uh, thanks to Dan. Dan Vickery said, Dan Vickery taught me packing and he said, Marcel, never stop skydiving. Even if you think you're the greatest, never stop skydiving. And to be honest, Sometimes I don't like skydiving so much. Um, it depends a little bit on the drop zone, but it's still, it's a life insurance. I, I always want to go skydiving. Yeah, well, I find that I, I, I plateau in, in base and then and I have to go back to the sky in order to progress more. So, so my new uh, goal, or it's not that new now, but is to continue skydiving as I base jump. Cause I, I went like two years without a skydive because I was coming, I was here all the time. It's like, why would I skydive when I could just go base jump? But when you just get to that point and let's say you have a, a 30 second track, you know, off one of the exits and, um, you have 30 seconds to figure that stuff out. Whereas on a skydive, you have way more time to figure that out. Oh, what, so Marcy, what, what else do we have uh, on SBA that, that you want the, the people yeah. to know? <laughs> I had one, one more thing cross my mind um, about landing cards. We, we talked about landing cards, but you also have to register online. Yes, online <laughs> registration. Right? That, that's, that's quite important. And too. don't lie on that shit. Just tell the truth. Because yeah, like, um, if you do go in, that information can be used to help contact people. Yeah. You, know. you don't want your mom to hear about your death on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So the the police, the local police in Lauterbrunnen has access to the data. Uh we need we need to know that you 
just buying the landing cards, well, yeah, thank you very much, but we also need to know who paid for the landing cards so we can cross those people off. Yep. Um, unfortunately, we sold less landing cards in the past two years. Maybe we have to blame ourselves. Maybe we got a little bit lazy. Um, maybe people thought they don't do anything, you know, why should we pay money? Mm -hmm. um, I want to confirm I want to say again, the Swiss Base Association is alive. Um, we're trying to to do our best that everything runs smoothly. We, we're going to give the money to the farmers this month. So we have the numbers. Thank you very much for everybody who bought a landing card and who will buy one this year. The money goes to the right people. Only a little bit of money stays with ourselves, but we use the money for the things we like mentioned Wind before. socks and other things, yeah. Plus you get a really cool sticker. <laughs> um, I've been in the Horner when I got mine uh, for the first week that I was here yeah. for this, this season. It was like, someone was like, can I get one of those stickers? It's like, yeah, for get your landing cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you also get the pull-up code soon, yeah. a flyer, and then you know all the rules. And so the uh, so when you fill out that information on, on the SBA site, that you ask other questions like, are you wingsuiting? Are you tracking? How many jumps do you plan to do? So there, there's measurable metrics that you guys can use, uh, to help, um, uh, you know, show, show statistics and show other, other, um, uh, factors in the sport. So, so by filling out that information correctly, uh, you're helping the, the, the community at large, uh, be able to measure um, statistics and whatnot. And you yeah. can legitimize the sport and yeah. the world even more because it's, there are statistics behind it. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not so much about statistics. It's more, I think, very important is to have um, a, a person to contact mm -hmm. if things go wrong. Yeah. Very true. So, uh, because th sometimes the police is quite desperate, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very, they, they want to contact the family as fast as possible. If the jumper has no ID on him, if no friend is around. Yeah, that makes things really challenging. Yeah. So at airtime and at, uh, so you can buy the landing card at, at, at Horner, at airtime. Um, let's start when you drive in, um, tourism office. There you can buy landing cards and the third party insurance. Then you can buy a landing card at the base cafe. Base cafe. With Piotr. Very nice place. Great carrot cake. And a very cool guy. Very nice guy. Yes. Then you can buy the landing card at the Airtime Cafe. Valley Base Gear. Lisa Hutchins. I love you. Then Horner Pop. And I think, is that all? Uh, that's uh, all I can think of. Yeah. But it's super easy to come here to the Horner or to Airtime or Base Cafe or the tourist office just to come in and give your 25 francs. They give you your pull cord, your sticker, and you're on your way. And they have an iPad here that you can fill out the information yeah. there, loaded and ready to go. Apparently, the, the homepage, we, we're also trying to make the homepage better of the Swiss Base Association. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, the register form does not work well with smartphones. Mm. So if people want to register, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm going to try to find a solution for that. Yeah, and and also on on the uh, having a way for people to contact the a consideration. No one wants to be in this situation. It's hard to kind of think about your your mortality, but think about who you want contacting your closest person. 
like for who you have as your uh contact i don't have my family as my uh, emergency contact because i want someone close to me contacting them and explaining the situation i don't want a stranger telling my wife or my parents that i'm dead so brian's my my emergency contact and he's he's stuck with that gig if, uh, if i go in you know but but we have these cards uh at airtime and then the five minute for safety card which i'll add another link to in this um, has some information on there that you can fill out and you just leave it, leave it in one of the pockets on your, in your tracksuit or wherever so that, so that someone can find this and, and it'll have, it, we ask your blood type and a few other things, uh, emergency contact stuff, basic information that can help in the event that you have an accident. So something to consider. It's very smart. A very smart thing, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The smarter so, thing is not to have any accidents. Yeah, right. Jump within your capabilities and make good decisions and and, and none of this yeah. is also please please know that um, the register form, all information you give, it's not going to media, it's not going to anyone else than You're police. Not gonna get put on some email list or no, no, some no, bullshit. No, this is That's good. No, nothing. Yeah. What but, no boner pill emails at all? <laughs> but, weird uh, advertisements it's a good point because we were talking about the character the character of Lauterbrunnen and jumping here and because it's kind of low jumps and unfortunately I have to say I had a I was pulling low here as well for quite some time because I got too confident and I just wanted to have this extra second of track and now I realized it's just stupid yeah I would I would like to stick or I, w- I would like to recommend the, the Antoine Laporte rule. Um, a track is not long when you pull low, right? So please try to have 20 seconds on the canopy if you track. So for your wingsuiters, I would recommend 40. Do you yeah. would you say 40 is good or? Yeah, you know, and I've definitely had some some short canopy rides uh, that I'm not proud of, but yeah, I would say. It, it depends, I guess it's what, because even saying, well, what, what, what are you comfortable with? Some guys are like, well, I'm comfortable pulling low. It's like, okay, well, I don't know. Just, I have a hard time putting numbers on things like that, but yeah. I, I like to have a nice little canopy ride. Cause that's, yeah. that's fun too. And canopy is its own discipline, you know, and putting stuff down in a, but you know, a number helps. Yeah. Often yeah with, we jump, we jump with cameras Yeah, and I mostly use my camera to check my canopy time now Yeah, because I want to say it officially and loud right here. My goal this season is not to track the beast as far as possible. No, I want to have 20 seconds on every single jump. People, if you see me having less than 20, talk to me. <laughs> Deal. All right. Well, you guys got anything else? Thank you very much for this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Marcel, thank you for being on the show and thank you for helping uh, thank you. You know, keep awareness. Tim, thanks for covering down on Brian's responsibilities. No problem. I wish I was in Baffin instead, though. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think we all do, but um, but happy to have you here and you're welcome anytime you know, the, that we're doing a recording. I just want to say mm-hmm. thank you for accepting me as the local representative. Um, please email me. Please Call me, please. Yes. Facebook me. Where where can people find you, and where can people find the SBA? Um, SBA. Well, we have a Facebook page, Swiss Base Association. Um, please follow us. Uh, we post most things just on Facebook. I know it's bad for people who don't. Have, I didn't have Facebook for a long time myself, but it's our main communication tool. Mm-hmm. 
I have I made a fake account just because of that, so I can follow safety related yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we post most on Facebook. So if you want to follow us there, that would help. So you can message. I am going to read you messages. I'm going to try to respond as quickly as possible. Uh, give give feedback. Uh, let us know if ropes are bad, if windsocks are damaged. Um, if you have ideas, if you think we should do things differently. Yeah, Just tell us. Communication's critical in this sport, you know, and and we can't make things better if we don't know. Exactly. You know, that goes for this podcast too, if you're listening. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thank you guys and thank you, Marcel, for being on here and for being a representative to not just the base jumpers, but the paragliders and making this valley a safer, more fun fun place to jump. Yep. All right. This has been a base life podcast. We are out. All right. If you want to know more about our guests, just check out the show notes. And if you want to give us some feedback or reach out to us, you can hit us at baselife2014 at gmail.com, facebook.com backslash the baselife. And on Instagram, we're at base.life. All right. Thanks.